the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Check out our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagaintoys.com for news, updates, and our new product line. And remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, do not forget to send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Super excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with active duty Marine and really an incredible artist, Mike Reynolds. Make sure to follow Mike on Instagram at 40 underscore Mike underscore Mike underscore art. And he has a really great website, 40mikemikeart.com. So make sure to go check that out. Let's welcome Mike Reynolds. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Happy Veterans Day. So I, you know, I was, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, man, we didn't think about that when we put this date on the calendar but lucky me because i like i think it'll be cool because super we'll be able to stop yep I, th- I think we could take a, a second to stop at 11 11 um and just have a, a like a brief moment of silence and i think that'll probably bring some some context to what we're going to discuss today no i think that's awesome like i uh, as i said I, I every time i have a veteran on i always try to say thank you um, or you're active military, by the way, I'm recording, you're still active military. And so continued, thank you. Um, but it's like, I always, I think when we talked, when we chatted the other week or last week or whatever it was, like, I, uh, I always feel so lucky and honored to like be able to talk to people. Like, cause it's, it's like, it's amazing. You know, I get like, I get to meet like the coolest people and I, in doing research, you know, I know you mentioned CJ and Elise, who um, we we work with Elise a lot. Haven't really worked with CJ, but have had him on the podcast, and you know, look forward to working with him in terms of exhibiting his work. But also, I didn't know that you. I should have known this, but Mike Fay. Um, Mike, That's right. I've known Mike. I don't for over ten years. Actually, we I I teach at Virginia Commonwealth University, and. We um, actually got a class for him here where he taught a a class, I think it was called reportage drawing. Um, That's right. And so it was like really cool. And, you know, like I got to be, I haven't talked to him for a long, long time, but just really cool, like to be able to start knowing what he did and, um, and uh, what's, I'm totally spacing on his name now. Um, There's an artist that has, has done multiple tours. This is back in like the two thousands. Um, and he's not, he's not military, but he's done, he's like a, a, an artist and he like was interested in reported drawing has done these Steve, it, um, Steve Mumford, oh. Steve Mumford. Sure. And actually went sure. to high school with his now wife. So just like all these weird connections with you, like that are, I don't know, it's just kind of cool, but thank you, man. Um, for doing this. Um, really, Absolutely. really, really excited, uh, 
to talk to you and see, you know, like how you're, how you've navigated these two things, um, and, and where you think it's going, what you want to happen. Um, and I always have the hardest time, like, okay, where do we start now? Like, but, um, I don't know, let's like jump in and, and, sure. and if you want to give like some background and, and we'll just like start going. And like you said, at 11, 11, let's just take a moment. Sure. Um, yeah. So a little bit of background and history in me. Um, I've been in the Marine Corps since, uh, 2002. I enlisted right after September 11th. I was going to college. I was a terrible college student. Um, I wanted to be a pharmacist. Right? Same, and same I said, here. Yeah, I, I said I wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, so I had a full ride academic scholarship to Temple University. Um, the first week of classes, I raised my hand and I noticed that nobody was taking attendance. And the professor said, hey, look, it doesn't matter to me whether you're in the seat or not. I'm getting paid regardless. So it's up to you whether you want to show up. So I had zero discipline. I had zero uh, driver motivation other than the fact that like this was the path that everybody else was taking. Um, and then September 11th happened. Um, I, I should also add that the only class that I truly attended or made a conscious effort to attend was art class. It was to be able to draw people. Um, so I've always been drawn to the arts, but never really studied them in a professional manner. Um, September 11th happened. And it was like um, a moment in my life where I had to make a decision. My brother at the time was already in the Marine Corps. He was a corporal. Um, so September 12th, we walked into the recruiter's office. We spoke to him and I shipped out the following April. So six months later, I shipped out to recruit training. Um, and then really, as far as art is concerned, I never really touched art beyond like making coins or t-shirts or drawing people's tattoo ideas. Um, and I never really touched it in a serious light. I was always very artistically talented, if you will, uh, in designing PowerPoint slides and, and putting together briefs or whatever. It's, it's a visual, um, thing. And then in 2018, um, I was... So I was enlisted and then I transferred over to the warrant officer ranks um, within my very technical MOS. Um, and I was stationed in Quantico. Every year, warrant officers go through the basic school. It's where the Marine Corps teaches leadership through the lens of a infantry platoon commander. Um, and this is to a bunch of students that are never going to be infantry platoon commanders. Um, when you have lieutenants, there's a, a small group of those folks who will become infantry platoon commanders. But in terms of warrant officers, there's never um, any guys that become traditional infantry platoon commanders. So they bring in other chief warrant officers from the region to assist the staff platoon commander in teaching these guys that are super technical in their jobs teaching them leadership through the lens of the infantry platoon commander. So I just so happened by the grace of God to get paired up with this guy who I, I came into his office. It was like before we had even formed up the platoon and he was handing me like all the data cards and it was all the information about the Marines that were going to be his students. Um, and it just so happened that guy was CJ Bauman. So I'm looking in his office and I'm like, man, this is some really incredible artwork. Uh, can you talk to me about 
about it or tell me about it. And he was like, yeah, I'm part of the Marine Corps combat art program. And I said, what's that? <laughs> uh, and I think everybody has the same reaction. Um, so over the next couple of months, I was able to observe him doing field sketches and talking about the art and seeing his passion for it. Um, and it was really inspiring to me. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, like I said, maybe, maybe I should break out my sketchbook and, and like start busting off some of the rust that's now 15 or 16 years old. Um, so COVID lockdowns happened. And um, as that happened, we, I saw a Facebook post and it said, if you come out of this lockdown without a new skill gain, you've wasted a valuable opportunity. Yep. And I, I took that to heart and I said, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to figure out how to draw. Um, so I asked CJ for some help and I said, Hey, what, you know, what are some of the things that we can get started and how can we do this? And he said, um, number one, you just draw what you see. So forget what you think you see and just draw what you see. So that brought a lot of relevance to uh, my art journey and becoming an artist. And that's what kickstarted me into the program. Um, and then and are I you, just applied. You're, you're currently, you just applied to it, right? That's right. Okay. Right. Are so, you still waiting? Like what's the status of that? Yeah. For the, for the official report, right. I'm waiting, but I've got a unofficial Hey, you're, you're, you're accepted. Right. <laughs> All right. It looks like it's 11, 11 yep. now. Do you want to take a moment of silence? Is that? Yeah. If you're okay. cool with that, Absolutely. I don't want to chew up too much time. No, no, no. Good. Cool. Okay. And I, I think it's really important to remember that, um, the 11th day on the 11th hour in the 11th month that there was a ceasefire called between two aggressors that were absolutely involved in the most gritty battle probably known to mankind right the proximity between the two sides was so close um and it was really well captured in the most recent netflix video um all quiet on the Western front. And it talks about the human effort of war or the human factors in war. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can even relate to just over a century ago. Um, and it's, and that kind of brings to light the combat art program, right? Is um, what is the purpose of the Marine Corps combat art program? And you mentioned it earlier with reportage. So reportage is the, the art style which captures a moment and tells a story through the lens of the artistic, through the artist's eye. And to be able to call out and immerse a person into that scene is ultimately the goal of the combat artist, to document it for historical purposes. So that way, a hundred years from now, we know what was going on um, in a specific moment in time. So when I applied to the program, I didn't know any of that stuff. I was just drawing cool pictures or what I thought were cool pictures. And then I attended the, the combat art symposium this year. And I met some of the. What, explain uh, what that is. Like, is that. Yeah. So at, go ahead. Sorry. Every, every year, um, you know, sans the years that have COVID going on, they bring all the former combat artists and the current combat artists, you know, 
up to Quantico and they host what's called a symposium. Um, so you've got Mike Fay, Charlie Grove, Chris Battles, uh, Victor Hughes, uh, Richard Johnson, like some of these guys who I have, I, I have books on my shelves with their stuff in it. Uh, so to be able to go in person and sit right next to them and listen to their firsthand stories is something that I can never, like, I will not soon forget that experience. Yeah, I think, so I, think I, I think CJ is like a big fan of Richard Johnson's, if I remember correctly. Huge, yeah. huge. So, um, and it's incredible. And so Elise was there and I followed Elise on Instagram for, I don't know, probably two years. As soon as I got introduced to the program, CJ, obviously. Um, well, where I work at right now is probably, let me say this, for the first time in history, CJ and I covered down on Marine Forces Special Operations Command. Um, and we did an embed with one of the companies there and produced a couple of pieces of artwork. But that was my first time doing observational art with Marines. Right. Um, so CJ was fantastic. And he's a fantastic coach at that too. Um, and one of the things that he said on his podcast with you was you've got to get away from drawing from reference photos because all you are is an expensive Instagram filter. <laughs> that's uh, that's really slow. Um, yep. and, and I think we all have a, a level of comfort in drawing from a reference because it doesn't move. You can measure it with a ruler. You can compare proportions. You can do all these things. And when you're actually engaged firsthand, it's a game changer. Right. Like that's that's what separates, um, you know, or that's the distinctive factor in um, reportage style artwork. Um, so, I mean, that was the first time I did it. Uh, anyway, CJ and I briefed at the symposium the rapport that we had established with the company that we covered down on um, the relationships and the um, the integration that was required to be able to to get with those guys, because especially in small team units um, that are that are very effective, there's a distinct line between insider and outsider. And you're either in the circle and anybody who is an observer on the outside is cast away. Like you don't commit anything. Um, you make no sacrifices for our team. You don't have anything to do with us. Um, so, so I'm not going to invest my time into talking with you. It was the exact opposite. So we were immediately given a whole lot of freedom um, to be able to get right where we needed to be to draw uh, these Marines. And then to, to cultivate that rapport after the fact was really cool. Um, so their company commander and I surfed together and that's really how the whole thing started. We were just out in the waves one day and I said, Hey, um, any chance it's a I perfect can way to do that pictures. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, dude, I'm all about it. Like, that sounds great. Um, what's the worst that's going to happen. This is a training exercise. Um, and that's so no less, we came out with some really cool pictures, uh, and drawings. And then we briefed that to the other guys. Um, and I think, so I'm a budding artist, right? I've only been doing this for a short amount of time. So we've got my artwork on a PowerPoint slide at the front of this auditorium with some of the most notable um, Marine Corps combat artists 
in history or in recent history. And I've got my drawings up on the wall and I'm talking about them. And I don't know what to say. I don't like, I know that they're critiquing it, right? <laughs> so I'm just hitting the clicker as fast as I can. <laughs> like just get it. Oh no, frozen. Shoot. Technology. <laughs> I don't know if that was me or you. We're we're in the middle of that um hurricane right now. So Okay. The residue. So I don't know if it was me or not. So who knows? And it was like getting I was you were getting all amped up. It was great. <laughs> right. So so there we were. Um so I'm I'm as quickly as possible trying to hit the clipper clicker to get through my images because this is like the moment where where I felt like the most, so we go back to circles, right? Right. And this is a very dynamic team of artists who are all very well known and they work well together. And here I am an outsider applying for the, the position. Um, so I'm just trying to click through it as fast as possible because if they can't see it, they can't <laughs> critique it. Right. Um, and it's a so, vulnerability thing. Like you're at, and, I, I felt like my cat belly up on the bed, right? Like everybody was just looking at me. And I said, um, you know, I, I clicked through it and I said, this is some Marines that are set up on security. Click. This is some guys doing this. Click. And Victor Hughes like stood up from the back of the auditorium and he said, Captain Reynolds, stop, go back. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here we go. Click. <laughs> and he said, nope go back again, click. And he's like, tell us more. And I was like, um, yeah. So this guy like was doing this and this is what he was working on. And I just thought it was a really cool picture of him going from the darkness into the light. And he's like, well, you really captured these leading lines and you did all this stuff. And you were really like, you had a great focal point and all your darks were the darkest in the center and all this stuff. And the I looked at CJ and under my breath, I said, anything that I did well was unintentional. Right. And uh, he laughed and said, man, you killed it. And that's, that's exactly what, 
the encouragement that I needed is what you've got going on and what you're thinking about is unintentional, right? Because it's probably the same for athletes as it is for artists, as it is for writers, that when you've got a knack for something or an eye for something, it feels like it comes naturally and it's vulnerable to, to put that out there and, and say what's going on. Um, so that's the Marine Corps combat art symposium. And that was a really eye-opening experience for me to have, to be able to talk to those folks and, and like hear the first hand experiences from folks like Mike Fay, who, um, you know, he's a very colorful character yep. and I, I, <laughs> I really appreciate his point of view and his candor. Um, and I think that opened the door for, for me to continue my growth. And that's what it is. It's a journey. So every step has been awesome. I, I it's, I love the, that you said that it's a journey, like being, being a creative person is a journey. Like, and you know, I say this all the time on the podcast, we're all creative beings. It's just that most people stop. And I, I love the fact that you re-engaged it. Like, I mean, this is like a hindsight question, but do you think if nine 11 never happened, you know, uh, that you would have continued on the creative path that you said that was like the only class or do you like, I mean, I mean, it's interesting to think about. I, I don't really like hindsight questions per se, but sure. I mean, it's interesting your journey that like you came back to that thing that you actually really enjoyed in school. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating to me that that's that that was that thing that you know. So I'm I'm reading the book um, Art and Fear. I forget who the author is, uh, but I just started it. Um, CJ Elise and I uh, traveled down to Fort Lauderdale for a gallery um, this last Monday. CJ made the recommendation, and you know I had the flight, so I figured why not read. Um, so in there, they talk about, um, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it says something along the lines of the, the artist's ability or an artist will often pause, but never quits. Yep. Um, and I, I, I kind of see that in my own lifestyle too, right? Um, on a micro level, like I might take a week off from artwork and then it becomes painful. Yep. Because you just want to to create all of the time you want to create. And it doesn't matter if it's good. It's just the fact that everything you do is an experiment. Yep. Uh, or at least everything that I do is an experiment. And the pieces that I'm putting together now, um, like I'm working with new media dealt with before that I'm absolutely not comfortable with. And it, frankly, it shows. But at the same point, like every single brush stroke is a connection between your hand and your eye and your brain and your whatever. And, and you're creating new um, pathways. So experimentation breeds creativity um, just as much as creativity breeds experimentation. I, I, I always, like I said this, I probably said this on CJ's, but I, when I talk to, to military a lot, I always ask, I mean, obviously the Marines have a, a specialized art program, but I like in terms of like the things that you're saying, like really go along with what I think would be good is like, 
I think creativity should be embedded within the military. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I in, in, and I don't know what that means or how that would look, but like in the training, they take like an hour and everybody goes to a room and sits down and has mindful drawing or painting or whatever their creative activity is. Because I do think it, it takes us out of that anxiety or, or stress or whatever and brings it down. And then we can re-engage into whatever it is we're doing. Like, that's what we're trying to do with the abstract athlete is like show everybody how creativity operates, whether it's in a business world, a, a military world, an athletic world. And I'm, I, I'm just curious if it, it's ever going to get to that point or, or it's going to stay in kind of a specialized space like that you're in, in that regards. So really interesting, um, during that combat art symposium, a guy named Major Eric Cash um, shared, with his, shared with us his thesis statement for his um, Naval Postgraduate School. And it was combat art and critical thinking. And in there, he talked about the efficacy of, of studying fine art as it relates to Harvard medical students. Yep. So doctors and dentists going through Harvard have a tangible increase in um, initial diagnostics of their patients when they studied fine art. Yep. Something to the effect I, of like I read 72%. this. I read this article in the Harvard Journal yep. or whatever it was. Yep. Right. Yeah. So like seventy-two percent of doctors and dentists who studied fine art while getting their doctorate degree were able to identify discrepancies with their patients on first inception, right? As compared to those who had not, right? So why is that applicable to the military, right? I've got young guys who are 20, 21, 22 years old, walking the street with a, uh, a minesweeper, looking for anomalies in their environment right? Just scanning their environment for the bomb that they're going to step on or one of their platoon mates is going to step on. Why would I not exploit every opportunity to get him to think and see critically of his environment? And if I can do that through studying fine art, then that's great. If I can do that through the practice of art or creatives, um, that's phenomenal. And even if it's something as simple like artists in terms of like tangible materials, that's great. But like poets, authors, those people have to think critically about what they're saying and how they're coming and, and forming pose and what they're doing. Um, and that's exactly the environment that we have to cultivate, not necessarily from a stress management thing. I think that's a, a right of bang, right? But to stay left of bang, how do we figure out the best way to equip the folks with the mental agility to be able to, you know, operate in their environment. And I think arts and creatives is the way to do it. But the two things almost don't, don't mix. When anybody thinks of Marine Corps, they think of a refrigerator with arms, right? Like yeah. put a helmet on it. This guy's just a big, dumb rock eater, have them shoot guns. Um, but to sit back and say, this guy's not classically trained or could identify a Rembrandt versus a, you know, uh, any other artist, but just to be able to say, wow, I, I, I looked and I studied, what do I see? What makes me think that? And what else do I see? 
If he can ask himself those three questions about either a piece of art or the environment he's operating in, we've established a critical thinker. And that's absolutely necessary to to do what the military does today. Well, and I think that's, you're speaking my language, like that, the idea of critical thinking in any environment is so important and impactful but particularly for, for military. I mean, like you, like the example you gave about, you know, like finding the minds, like you have to be so incredibly focused. And in that moment, like you, that's not a place to make a mistake. And like, that's what creativity does. It does. It helps with focus. It helps with, you know, like visualization and all these things. And it's just interesting. Like I, I have a friend and I won't mention this, guy's name because maybe i shouldn't but his uncle is a um is a general and but he is incredibly into creativity and i think those are the kinds of people that would hopefully bring this forward because you know like i'm not in the military i mean i I, thankfully i work with with some some people and and i think what what you guys, you know, and particularly CJ and you and Elise are doing are it's so important and inspiring, but like people like that can actually move the needle, you know, because right, I do think right. it's needed. Yeah. Um, so going back to the art symposium, um, we had the Citadel out there and the director for their art program. Um, and she briefed us, you know, they've got a multi-million dollar construction project to bring an art gallery and an art museum down to the Citadel and the curriculum that they're teaching there to these uh, student, to the student body. Um, it, again, I'm terrible with numbers, but something like 50% of the student body is taking an art as an elective, right? Awesome. And so, so the des- desire is there. Um, but I mean, it, it, it all goes back to the what's the relevancy in what other words appears to be irrelevant. And that's been a huge thing um, in my own personal growth is to identify what is relevant when it other words appears not to be. And I go back to the, the basic school model, right? So I was a very technical job in the Marine Corps. Um, and I'm going through and walking through the woods with a lensatic compass and a map to try to find a red ammo can on a stake in the middle of the woods, right? It's practically irrelevant, right? Land navigation for me in my job in the Marine Corps, like if if I've got to do that in actual life, like we have lost and uh, this is a really bad place to be. Um, But the relevancy is to teach individual students how to pay attention to detail in their formulation of a plan, to execute that plan, and to the the cool thing is on all these land nav courses, there's like bodies of water that are you know it's either a stream, a river, or a lake, um, and you will see people who are so focused on walking in a straight line that they will literally swim across the lake with all of their gear on, and then they've got to pay miserably for the next two hours because their boots are soaking wet and they're running, um, whereas you can quickly identify somebody who can overcome that adversity and develop a plan on their feet to do like a 90 degree offset, go around the lake, figure out how to get back on the right azimuth and go. Um, and, and that scenario plays out in everything that I've encountered at the basic school, everything that I've encountered as a friction point throughout my career since. 
Um, the reason the bar exists in the barracks at the basic school is not to keep lieutenants and warrant officers, you know, full of liquor and, and ready to celebrate um, or to, to keep Marine Corps community services pockets lined with cash by selling cheap beer. It's, <laughs> it's to have a controlled environment in which people can socialize probably for the first time in their career in a professional setting. Right. And how else do I identify who my lushes are, then give them access to a bar and then go in there on a Sunday night before a big exam and see who's absolutely plastered and say, okay, you're probably not the right fit for this job. Right. So, um, you know, no less, um, like those have been watershed moments throughout my career and to be able to identify them, um, and, and say, and to teach my folks how to find the relevancy in what appears as irrelevant is critical, right? Because how many times have you ever asked yourself as a, as an adolescent or, you know, even as a young professional, like, this is, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Right. <laughs> I still ask and, that question every once in a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are we having this staff meeting? Yep. Well, you know, whatever the reason you come up with is your buy-in, right? And if you can get enough buy-in to that notion, now you're part of the they, right? Um, because oftentimes we're like, well, they want to do this, so we have to do it. Well, how do you become they, right? Um, and how do, you, how do you get everybody else to become they? So when you pull all these people together and they have their own personal buy-in into the mission, then you've got success. The Abstract Athlete is sponsored by and in partnership with Begin Again Toys. Begin Again Toys is an eco-friendly and educational toy company focused on sustainable ways to explore and play with a goal to inspire children with stories of innovation, adventure, and good old-fashioned fun. For more information, visit beginagaintoys.com. I, I just I, going back to something you'd said earlier, like I, it's something that I, I repeat a lot. And, and it's about you said, you know, the Marines are like refrigerators with, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah. like it's it is that thing where I think it's this this preconceived idea of what we th it's it, I, I use it in the athlete term, too. It's like when you look at an athlete, that's what they are. Like people probably look at you, you're a Marine. That's what you are. And it's like, no, I actually, I'm, I'm a, a well-rounded human being. Like I do different things. And I, that's why I think it's so important for me when, when like you, you and CJ and Elise and, and, and the athletes we work with are also creative because it starts knocking down those walls of what we as a society, I think, think of, of those things. It's like macho and, you know, head banging and run through walls and no, and it doesn't mean that art's like sensitive, but it may like the, it's the critical thinking. It's a way to like ingest stuff. And how do you put it back out? And like those things to me, it's, it's so nice to like, see that I think it's changing, you know, that, that this, again, like if we were talking, if you and I were talking in the fifties like this, we would be shunned and like, like who the hell are these people? You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same yeah. with, with athletes. Like, you know, we work with some 
former pro football players, for instance, that are huge and they make paintings or photographs or woodworking. And to me, it's like, it's again, it just, it removes that st stereotype, I guess is the best way to say it, where it's like, this is, sure. this is what they do. This is what you do. Like you're a Marine. Like all you should be able to do is go and shoot guns and, and run over people. And, you know, it's just like, no, but I like, I do this too. And this actually benefits me and it benefits the Marine Corps like as a whole, because like what I'm doing actually promotes the critical thing and it promotes the visualization and focus and, and the discipline, like obviously like sports and, and military are both, you know, like foundationally discipline is, is, is what it's about. And I, I always say, if you can bring that discipline into the creative world and vice versa, bring the creative world into the discipline, then it starts to become really, really interesting as a society, I think, you know, I, I, I think big, but I, I do think if we were doing physical and creative things every day, we're better. We're just better people. Yeah. And, um, I've got a dear friend who, who talks about, you know, I, I just turned 40, right? So not to say that, uh, I'm getting old, but in Marine Corps years, that's like 80. Um, and a friend had advised me and said, Hey, whatever you do, like to push death, as far away on the horizon as possible, you have to engage your hands and your brains on a daily basis. And I, I truly believe that. And if there's like, I don't fear a whole lot of things, but if I fear one thing, it's like, um, it, it's getting old and losing my mind, right? Like, um, mental health, uh, concerns with degradation and age is something that's concerning. So I take a lot of photographs, in fear that, you know, someday, um, I won't be able to remember those things. And even, even now, like I've got issues with, um, long-term memory. Um, and you know, it's, it's really, really interesting to be able to, um, to help contribute to our legacy for those who will eventually forget. Yeah. Right. Um, and to be able to walk through like the national museum of the Marine Corps and see the pieces of artwork, that are up there, um, it sparks memories that I had forgotten about. Um, and walking through specifically, there was one piece, um, and it was like a forward operating. It's what I saw in the painting was a forward operating base in Iraq. And I said, man, like we're trying to read the inscription. Where in Iraq was this? Well, it wasn't, it was Vietnam. Wow. Right. But I was so immersively drawn into it. And, and we're talking two completely different geographical regions. But the nuanced things that Marines do were captured so eloquently in the painting that I was immediately brought back to it. And then to be able to immerse myself in other paintings and say, man, like I can I can smell like if you if you look at a painting and you close your eyes and you're like, man, I can I can smell the JP8. Yep. I can feel the environment that I'm in and like that level of emotion, um, is pretty intense. Uh, and it, it goes back to the idea that like another aspect of Marine Corps combat art is the preparation of war in the Marine Corps. We take folks that are civilians that have maybe never left mom's house and we strip them of their own personal identity. We send them to South Carolina or California for 13 weeks and they go through 
a transformation, both in physical, mental, uh, and emotionally, uh, and perhaps spiritually, right? Their identity is ripped and they're given a new identity. Um, some will call it brainwashing. Some will call it a transformation. But undoubtedly, that transformation happens and it happens for the rest of their life, right? Once you earn the title of Marine, you never sacrifice that. Like it, it never goes away. And to have those, you know, memories um, documented in paintings and drawings and all this other stuff only helps folks try to understand war. I don't, I don't think there is anything that you can do that prepares you for war better than experiencing it firsthand. But to be able to see that firsthand experience documented through photography, videography, and drawings um, helps bring the grit and reality to the forefront of what you're expecting to see. And I think that does a lot left of bang for post-traumatic stress that occurs right at the bank. Um, and, you know, we, we see a lot of folks that, that really struggle with post-traumatic stress um, and, and the realities of war. And, and, and just to interrupt, and I apologize, that, that's the reason why I think art should be embedded in a daily practice because art is therapy. We, you know, we know this, sure. but if, if, if you have a daily practice, it's part of your ritual. It's part of this thing where it's not the, I, I just, I, we work with a brain doctor and he kind of agrees with, it's like, if you, when the stress occurs, like if you have this practice, it's not going to be as dramatic because you have this system embedded in you that, you know, I just think it's interesting because it, I don't know, like just it, again, like it's, it's more hypothetical, but if, if, if we're all being creative every day and we go through these things like war or, or, you know, different people have different stresses and different things, but you know that you can go back to this creativity and you know, you get lost in that moment. Like it's just healthy. Like, you know, and again, like it's, I, and it's, it's just interesting to me, like to, to hear this, I just had, and it's going to be released, uh, I think in two weeks, um, a former football player uh, that played for Ohio state and he was on the Seahawks. And then sa same as you, when nine 11 happened, he joined, joined the, uh, the army. Um, not, I mean, he was army, you were Marines obviously, but and it's kind of like the Pat Tillman thing, you know? Um, and he went and he actually was in a, in a, uh, a building, the building collapsed. He fell like 30 feet, shattered his arm, traumatic brain injury, and you know those two years that to recover and, and it's like you hear these stories about what military go through and he was saying what the reason why i brought him up you were, you were talking about that the experience of war and him being an athlete and a lot of times you know in athletes they say you know we're going to war and it's like no no you're not you're playing a right. game you know and it's like right and he said it's not it's not something i dwell on or think about but it's just when they use that, it's kind of like, mm, it's kind of cringy. So it's. I think it's a good mental space to be in, to consider yourself at war when you are playing a game. Yep. Right. Because it is a game of strategy and physical ability. Very much like combat, right? Strategy and physical ability. And if you've got those things and you've done enough, you know, the, the, the old adage says, the more we sweat in peace, the less we bleed in war. And I think a lot of that can transcribe 
to professional sports or, um, you know, whatever kind of sports are, are going on. Um, because, because you want everybody on your team to do the absolute best that they can, right? You want everybody to put out a hundred percent all the time. Um, and to put out anything less doesn't mean you're, you know, if you put out 99% effort, that doesn't mean I'm 99% satisfied. I'm either 100% satisfied that you've committed 100% of yourself to this game, this mission, this patrol, or I'm 100% dissatisfied because you did not. So, so there is an ultimate. You've either committed 100% or you've committed 0%. Right. So if like I ran track in high school and my high school coach said, hey, and I ran the 400. Um, and he said, if you are not vomiting when you cross the finish line, don't even talk to me. <laughs> Right. Like you don't rate a place at the table. Um, and that was always my goal. And and that drove me to get faster because I, I just kept getting, you know, more. I grew a tolerance for it. Yep. Um, and then I felt terrible when I wasn't vomiting after a race, <laughs> you know, um, coach and, speak, man. They always try to get the, I like I I, right. I call myself an art coach because I think I very much teach like a coach would you know, just that yeah. trying to get in, in, I, I, even though I have like 20 people in each of my classes or whatever, like I try to work with each of them individually because at the end of the day, we're all different. Like I can't sit up here and go draw this blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to like find those different things with each individual, which I think coaches do way better than teachers do not, you know, not to sure. bash teachers, but it's, it's just one of those things. I, okay, this is going to be like a, a weirdly all like a, a big question of sorts. So first of all, like you, you've been in the military for 20 years now. Like, are you like, what's, where, where do you see that? Go? I mean, are you going to be in there? Are you like, I don't even know. Does it, is it something that you want to become an officer? Like, I know that there's different levels and different, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at this stuff, but also like in, in terms of your creativity, like, where do you see that going? Like, are you, I think I asked this to CJ, I think, but I mean, are you wanting to like get into galleries and different stuff like that? And like, again, it, you've just re-engaged it. Like you're a fantastic drawer, by the way, like looking at your work the the other day and, and stuff. No, I mean, I'm being serious. Like for, for somebody that, uh, you know, like, again, like you kind of just got back into it like within the last three years in, in a heavy right. way. And like you, like you got chops like you do, like, um, and so like, do you, like, do you want that to expand outside of like the, the military work that you're doing now? Um, and, and yeah, like, I guess that's, we'll leave it at that for sure. the question. That's a, that's a big question. Sure. So I got two parts out of it, right? So I've been in the Marine Corps for the last two decades. Um, and where do I see that going? So um, I was enlisted, then I applied for the warrant officer program, uh, I made it to W3. Um, and then from W3, I had an option to either go, I was selected for W4, or I could do this limited duty officer thing, um, which is a captain, Okay. then that so it's it's like a it splits. Um, so it goes from, you know, either you go continue the chief warrant officer route up to chief warrant officer five, or you do this other route and go captain, major, lieutenant colonel. So right now I've, I've chosen to become, so I've had like three forks in my road, right? <laughs> Enlisted to warrant officer, 
uh, warrant officer to LDO, and then, well, two forks. Um, but like I said, I was terrible at land that. So no <laughs> less. Um, so I've gone the limited duty officer route. So it's super niche within the Marine Corps. I think there's only like 15 captains that do my job in the whole Marine Corps out of 180,000. Um, so I'm in zone for promotion to major. So we should find out around Christmas time, whether or not I've gotten selected to become a major. Um, and there's only six of those guys. So it, it's, it gets smaller and smaller, the higher you get up. Um, so right now, um, like I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. My, my father always used to ask me every time I talked to him, like I was in 15 or 16 years and he would say, so you're going to make a career out of it, you know? And you're like, I'm already like, I've, I've committed to 20 years. So right now, like I'm a free agent. Um, I'm, I'm past my obligated service time. So if I, uh, ever became disinterested in it, I could go find a career elsewhere. Um, but when I first joined, like when I came up to that first decision, whether or not I was going to reenlist, I just said, I'm going to base my decision, whether I enjoy what I'm doing more than I don't enjoy it. And it is absolutely a pendulum swing. There are great days and there are terrible days. Um, you know, the bell curve has got it. So the majority of them are pretty mundane and in between. Um, but the needle is pushed towards enjoyment of what I do and fulfillment and, and patriotism. So I'm going to continue on this path as long as, you know, my body, my mind, my spirit, and my heart are still in the game. Um, and I, I can only go to 30 years, right? So I'm at 21 now. Um, you know, what's, what's nine more, um, <laughs> I guess. Well, and but, just um, to be, just to be honest, like, I think, the military needs more people like you and CJ and elite. I mean, being serious because I think your understanding of the, the importance of creativity as a whole, not just for like specialization, but like how it benefits all of us. I think that's important sure. to have people like you in, in the military in general. And, and, and that's a really good point too, is because, you know, who wants a CEO of a company that doesn't talk or cultivate a staff that thinks the same way as he does? Or, or at least energize the discussions to, to get a counter point of view, right? So like we frequently have disagreements uh, at work and I'll disagree with my boss or, you know, the, the, the guys who I work with will disagree with me. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's right and wrong. It's who's got the best plan and like, does everybody have buy into that plan? Um, so that's, you know, that's a big point to be able to talk about this creativity with as many touch points as you possibly can. And to be able to have those conversations with folks who, who don't get it. Right. Um, and to have like a friend of mine, who's a battalion commander, um, who's seen my drawings and artwork and just thinks it's cool. Well, Hey, what's in it for you. Right. Um, if, if our unit comes out and draws your unit, the cool thing is like, you're documented in Marine Corps history and legacy. But moreover, it's those small discussions with the artist as they're drawing with your Marines that are piquing the interest to creativity, creativity and critical talk. Yep. And then that sparks a fire. And that turns into, you know, the guys at the barracks drinking a beer. Man, I was out there the other day and this guy was drawing me and it turned out awesome. But like he started talking to me about like, 
attention to detail. I didn't even know that my back pocket was unbuttoned, but now I know and I can spot it with everybody else because of that conversation. So that's, that's pretty cool. And I think that kind of leads into the second part of the question in talking, where do I want my art to go? Where do I want my career as an artist to go? Um, so obviously like speed and accuracy are the two things that I'm mainly focused on and concerned with in terms of observational drawing today. Um, and, and I was just, um, most recently, uh, it's in gallery right now in Nova Southeastern university in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, they did a veteran artist gallery and there was some incredible artists there. Um, Again, folks that I've like read about and studied on the internet and on books, CJ Bauman, um, Elise McKelvey, um, uh, Justin Egan, who's a poet and an author. Um, you had Ben Cantwell there. Like these are all huge names that are big influencers. Um, and another guy who ended up retiring from the Marine Corps after 20 years uh, it, at MARSOC, so special operations guys. Um, he retired after 20 years and he had a couple of his paintings in there. We went out to dinner and I'm looking at him and I was like, man, I, I know you from somewhere. What year did you retire? And he said, 2020. So that was before I showed up at the command. Um, and I was like, I, it wasn't that I know you from somewhere else. Well, turns out we were both Lance corporals together on our first <laughs> deployment and had no idea. Um, so it was really cool to be able to connect and how small of a world it is. Yep. But there's seven artists in this gallery and two of them were in the same unit. That's crazy. Crazy. That's right. Crazy. Um, it, it was wild. So, and he's doing great. He's a, a very, very respectable and humble individual um, who's now selling satellites. So uh, <laughs> like, you know, right. you're like, okay, man, is there anything you can't do? <laughs> no, I, it's, I, I just think it's like really interesting when I, when I get to talk, you know, like again, like to you and CJ and Elise, just in, in terms of like the, the dedication that it takes, you know, um, and how, how you guys navigate that dedication because like what you do is so important, you know? And I mean, being a Marine, like you protect us, you know, all the military protects us. And then to do this, I just, you know, like you, you've brought up critical thinking multiple times and I'm such a proponent that, that, creativity promotes critical thinking that story you told about the button like it's those things i don't think we talk about them enough i don't think we talk about how important this leads to this and what it does for this you know i'm, I'm gesturing by the way um yeah. you know i mean it is like it's it's just one of those things where i you know like i i teach these uh, classes that I started, they kind of mirror the, the abstract athlete and they're called art and athletics. So I work with a lot of student athletes. I've had military VCU has a, a pretty big military um, community and just taught, like I'm going to use an, an like student athletes for an example, just how they, they start the light bulb goes off. They realize that being creative, like before a game or practice, it settles you that you actually have that different kind of focus and, and you're more aware 
And like I had a basketball player for VC, you know, VC is a very good basketball team. And I remember he said, I was writing poetry and I was writing it in a rhythm to, I think it was either rain or, or a, a shower or drop, like the drop. And he started writing and he goes, and then I noticed the next game I played, I was, I was more calm and aware of what was going on. And it's just like, you can't replace that. Like you're not making nope. that up. And like in, for a military person to have that understanding, that critical awareness, and I know that kind of being redundant about what I said earlier, but it's just, I, I, I can't believe that we don't require art in the military. We don't require art as, as we would math or science or whatever. It's just that, that thing that it affects, it affects us. It's just, it's astonishing. So like we, we, we really preach history in the Marine Corps at inception level schools, right? So recruit training and officer candidate school, we talk about history ad nauseum. Yep. Like we, we talk about, uh, um, you know, Medal of Honor recipients and their actions that, that took them to get there. We talk about specific battles and, um, you know, specific events throughout our history, right? So like yesterday being uh, the Marine Corps birthday, if you ask any Marine on the face of the planet what the Marine Corps birthday is, that's almost like a telltale sign if they're stolen valor or not, right? It's November 10th, 1775. But you ask somebody in the Coast Guard, hey, what, what's your birthday? Like, what's your birthday? And no knock on the Coast Guard or the Navy or, or the Army. Like, not everybody spits that off. Um, but we preach so much history because it gets buy-in. Right. It gets everybody on the same team that the indomitable spirit of John Bass alone lives within the spirit of Marines today. Right. John Bass alone being a Medal of Honor recipient uh, back in World War Two, uh, received the Medal of Honor, shipped back to the state to sell war bonds, uh, was offered a commission, rejected it, but instead raised his hand and went back to Iwo Jima or back to war um, and ultimately, you know, paid the the ultimate sacrifice on, on Red Beach at, at Iwo Jima. Um, but an absolutely brilliant um, uh, tactician and machine gunner, right? So there's folks now that just hearing his story, like I've got goosebumps uh, even talking about him, but hearing his story gets folks today through those bad days, right? And there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. Um, motivation will get you through a bad situation. Uh, inspiration will get you through a bad life. Yep. And folks are inspired to go forth and do incredible things. And that's documented throughout history from our inception at, you know, Tun Tavern all the way till, you know, what's going on in the world today. Um, and it's those stories in that history that's ingrained in the very fibers of which we are as Marines that carry on our legacy because we don't want to let those guys down yeah. and um, to be able to fight with as much spirit or to be able to do whatever the mission is at hand um, is, is, I mean, like irrefutable championship mentality. And um, the same can be said about artists, right? So like, um, the art helps tell that story. So there's not many photographs of John Bassalon. There's a few, but the paintings by the folks like Colonel Waterhouse that give the entire scenario really 
give an awesome experience for somebody to sit down, study, talk about what do I see? What makes me think that? And what else do I see in a guided discussion? And there's nothing happier, uh, nothing that makes me happier than walking through like one of these big headquarters buildings where they've got beautiful paintings, pictures and drawings and to have a group of Marines led by like a corporal and a couple of Lance corporals talking about it. Not, man, that would look really cool on a t-shirt. No, no, no. Let's talk about what do you see? What makes you think that? And what else do you see? And that's the critical thought and discussion that art helps tell those stories. Um, And that, that to me is ultimately like my goal with art. Can I capture a scene or a scenario or something going on, tell a story and have folks have a guided discussion about what I've drawn? Dude, I don't know a better way to end than right there, man. Like, I mean, I'm being serious. Like that was, I, it's poetic. Like uh, it's, I think that that, that is the inspiration right there. Like that's, that's the thing that, that takes us from here to here. And, and that's, what's cool. Um, I do always ask this question though, because I always put new music. I actually might, I'll ask my buddy, but what kind of music do you like? Cause, um, or do you have, yeah, if I were to turn on my Alexa right now and just say play music, it's probably either going to play Linkin Park or Blink-182. Okay. I'm, I'm asking, I, I've had, um, there's a band called Silence and Light, which you should listen to. They okay. are all um, former special ops guys. Um, okay. And I've had the one guy, Brad Thomas, on. He's awesome. Uh, he's the guitarist of the band. And actually, the bass player of the band actually has played with Nirvana and Soundgarden. <laughs> so, and then he joined the... Uh, those those the are other... Those are other big names on my playlist. Yeah. No, that, but I, I used to sing in a band called 50 watt alarm clock. I'll have to send you a song of ours that was kind of in that grunge era type stuff, but I'll, uh, I'll see if, um, I'm going to use one of their songs for this Joe Brown guy. That was the, the guy that played football that joined the military. Um, that'll be out a little bit before your episode, but I'll, I'll either get one of my old band's songs on there. That's kind of the harder rock or, or, I think Brad, Brad's usually pretty cool about letting me use music since, um, but I just want to say, first of all, it's really an honor to have you like, even though this is not going to be released for a couple of weeks, but to actually talk to you on veterans day, it's really, you know, like when we set this up, I wasn't even thinking about it. Cause I was just like, okay, day time, dear done. And, um, so it's really, you know, I, I'm glad, you know, that we did a little, um, moment of silence and, and, but it's, it is an honor and it's, it's I'm glad we met. I always, again, like I said at the beginning, I just, I feel lucky out of the the business partners of me that I'm the one that gets to do the podcast and meet people like you. And I, you know, we just had a lease in um, an exhibition we just did at Ohio State. I would love to eventually when we, you know, we do pop-up shows, we do shows in general, um, you know, like at some point in time, maybe get a work of yours to, um, to show as well. Um, above that and and um you know we're hopefully we're we're just starting to release some product we're hopefully going to get the doctor we work with has works a lot with the the va um and so hopefully we're going to start maybe doing some um workshops and different stuff and um again like i just like this platform we have going that we were able to like you know, work with different people and do different things that I think we're, we're hopefully helping. And, and at the end of the day, that's what, you know, 
trying to make a better, a better planet. And, um, and like, again, thank you for, for doing what you do, because I think it's, it's so important and I hope it continues to grow. Like that thing that we were talking about earlier, like I, I, I would love to see creativity be part of every military branch, not just for those that want to do it, but I think for those that, that just for everybody, because I think it's important right. that critical thinking thing that you mentioned many times is like it, it, it happens. It's there. So, but thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep. This was an awesome discussion. Yep. And I'll, I'll send you some, um, some video and picture snippets, uh, for you to post and different stuff. And like I said, it'll be out in a couple of weeks. I'll give, I'll let you know the date exactly, but, um, perfect. And I say hi to Mike Faye if you, if you see him or talk to him because I haven't talked to him forever. <laughs> I will. So, I will. Great. He was, uh, he just posted a photo in, uh, on his Facebook page. He was okay. all tilted up for the Marine Corps birthday. Cool. Good. All right, man. We'll have great. a great rest of the day, and we'll we'll catch up soon. Like I said, I, I, I look forward to this discussion continuing. So. Absolutely. Thanks great. again, Ron. Yeah, man. Bye. Yep. See ya. Really such an impactful episode. So I'm just really humbled to be able to share a moment of silence with him. I just love Mike's story and how he got to where he is. You know, his re-entry to art is one of inspiration, dedication, and, and really perseverance. Love his message, and he really can be at the forefront for change and how we understand that creativity is such an important part of humans' lives. Uh, and of course, I really wanna say thank you to Mike for his service. Again, make sure to follow Mike on Instagram at 40 underscore Mike underscore Mike underscore art. And make sure to stop by his website, 40mikemikeart.com. Don't forget to check out the other podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. And remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for information and news. And check out Begin Again Toys for our new product line. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Yeah.